Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, hello everyone. If you're wondering why my voice is slightly lower than normal, it's still because it's recovering still from Saturday, the Gladiator Rock and Run, where I worked the registration table for Nitro, American Gladiator, and yelled at the top of my lungs because the band was about eight feet from my head. Uh, so the voice that you may not recognize, even if you listened before, is the voice of Aaron Boulder. I am one of the hosts here of One Meal, One Workout, and with me in the podcast arena tonight are my co-host Mark Cockrell and Don Sullivan. Gentlemen? Aaron? Howdy. Fantastic. I feel like we're off to a fantastic start. I really do. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I talked to Mark about it a little bit because I'm working, but Don, I don't think I've had a chance to tell you. Saturday from 6 a.m. to 3 o'clock, I worked at the Gladiator Rock and Run in Moreland, Georgia. Uh, and it's a, it's a tough mother type event. This one was a 6K. Uh, I think it had 14 or 15 obstacles. Some of them looked pretty, pretty daunting. And I was in charge of registration. That was my job. I was the registration dude. I was in charge of all of it. I don't know the head count. Uh, they had waves every 30 minutes starting at 8 uh, until 1. And, um, but there was, there was probably 50 to 100 to 200 people per wave. So I'm guessing they probably had 1,500 people there total, maybe, maybe 1,200. Uh, a lot of fun. Like I said, the band was... They had three live bands, and they were about, realistically, 50 feet from me. And so when the bands were really cranked up and the registration table was going like crazy, I was yelling quite a bit. So my voice is a little, still a little raspy from Saturday, trying to recover. And I did, I did meet Nitro. And I'll, I'll admit it, there's not, I geeked out over him just a little bit, uh, fanboyed. That's Nitro standing right there talking to me at 6 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a field in South Georgia. Because it's like he just walked up. There's like eight people there. And he walks up. Hey, guys. Dan Clark. That's his real name, in case you didn't know. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, how could you have not heard of American Gladiators? Mark, did you ever watch American Gladiators as a kid? Oh, yeah. And when the new one came out, I was super stoked about it, too. Yeah, me too. Don, did you watch American me Gladiators? Too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The original? I, I would have geeked out over anybody that even touched that tennis ball cannon. I thought that was the <laughs> coolest thing on the planet whenever I was a kid. I mean, yeah. I was and even I, a fair of, fan of Larry Zonka. That's how into it I was. Yeah, that is that is into it. Well, Nitro always have to be my favorite. And uh, through our friend Mark Vecchio, friend of the show, friend of uh, fr- personal friend of mine, the race promoter, he's been on the show before. They hired him to help with some of the uh, race direction, and so he sent me and some of his crew that normally runs his races down there to be kind of their staff. They have their own event planner and their main people and their their equipment people, but they needed like I ran the registration table. Uh, my friend Kevin was the beer guy. Uh, Laura, who I found out that day was one of three triplets because her other one of her two sisters was there, which was kind of disconcerting at first. Thought I was seeing double, and I was. Uh, she was the merchandise girl, so you know, brought in some uh, some uh, some people, you know, some ringers, kind of run things for them and um, but it was, seriously we're there like six o'clock in the morning there's about eight or ten of us there starting to unpack stuff and here comes nitro walks up looks just like he still looked you know he's an older version of of the 1980s nitro still in yeah, great shape i was gonna ask he's like close to 50 now is he still he pretty ripped? 46 47 yeah he's in great shape he is in really really good shape he recently released a book called uh rage roids and redemption which i probably will actually read just because he's he wasn't actually an interesting very nice guy uh, the the event itself is is uh, is a uh, a charity event for TACA T A C A talk about um, talking about curing autism and um, and some of his staff is actually staff of TACA and so that's what that's that's his uh his charity of of choice right now and so it was it was pretty exciting to meet him got to hang out with him At the end of the day ended with a complete uh you know southern thunderstorm deluge wind blowing sideways rain everything after after the event was over when we were cleaning up so ended up with me and him and about six other people standing there underneath the tarp while they were you know paying the staff and and uh and reconciling the books and all that and just got to visit and hang out with him he's planning on coming back in march or april and doing it again and i say that we do it this time it'll be awesome gladiator rock and run do it it was fun 
So, Mark, um, I know you didn't run the Gladiator Rock and Run this weekend, but you did do something kind of exciting. What did you do? Well, it was almost exciting. It was close. I, I finally broke down and went clothes shopping after... You know, fat people love to go clothes shopping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after my wife I- basically denigrating me day in and day out, saying, <laughs> honey, your clothes just don't fit. Um, so I went to the store, you know, and I said early on... Um, uh, actually, before the new year, we we did our whole goals episode, and mm-hmm. I said that one of my goals is to be two sizes down in pants by the end of the year. Um, and you know, I'm I'll just lay it out there. Uh, I'm wearing a 64 right now. That's a big freaking pair of pants. Um, and I put on a pair of 60s, two sizes down, and they were just like I could wear them. And everybody said they looked okay. They just weren't comfortable. So I was really close. So I figured by the end of the year, I will meet that goal easily. Awesome. Very nice. So I ended up not buying the pants. I'm still wearing the old saggy ones. uh, Because I didn't want to buy them. And then, then, you know, buy like a 62. And then a month later, they're too big. Yeah. Good problem to have. Right. That is a great problem. But you got some nice shirts. Yes, I did. I bought some nice shirts because it was time to buy shirts. Yes, you know, when they start getting 17 and 18 years old, it's time to buy new shirts. Yeah. When you got a, a hole big enough in them that if you're not careful, you put your head through it instead <laughs> right. of the regular <laughs> hole. Yeah. And, you know, fat guys just don't like to buy clothes. I still don't like to buy clothes. We don't like to go clothes shopping. Yeah. The, I think that in the life of a fat man, I don't know about women, but in the life of a fat man, there are two uh, events that are more humiliating than any other. Uh, one is buying clothes. The other is flying. Those two events are, are hugely humiliating. Yeah. Don't that theme, try- park. theme park. Theme park. Yep, yes. That's up there though. Or trying to get in the boat with Larry, the, the deck hand that weighs a buck Oh five. I think I've told you all that story. Yeah. 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 That can't can, drag can you still, back up into it. I can still mentally picture myself trying to do that. You know, I'm like a, I'm like a turtle on his back. I can't get my feet up high enough on the ladder and he's pulling for all he's worth and I can't move. Crazy. So, Don, what are you doing these days? Oh, you know, just hanging out. Crazy talk um, is what you're doing. We're going to do a juice fast. Wait, no, we're not. Uh, the reason I say that is we have a, I have a friend who did a juice fast. There's this big fad thing going around. Um, yes. I guess I shouldn't call it a fad. That seems like a denigration. It's not. I was, we were legitimately interested. Uh, you can go to rebootyourlife.com. There's a documentary you can watch. It's approximately an hour long. Uh, it, was, it was really good. Uh, and he talks a lot about health in general and um, what worked for him. And you do a juice fast and they have plans out there, anything from three days to 15 days. And this guy did it for two months. And um, we wanted to try it out. We want to see how it would work. And the only reason we I wasn't like, this is just some goofy crash diet was that the point of it that he kept harping on in the documentary was you're going to drink, you're going to juice fruits and vegetables, and it's basically going to detox your body and you're going to train yourself to start eating fruits and vegetables. You're going to acquire taste for it and blah, 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 blah. Right. We did it for a day. And a whole it didn't day? Quite work. A whole, nope, not a whole day. <laughs> um, so what happened? If you, if you count from dinner the night before, to dinner that my wife got a stomach virus so oh. we get all pumped up and we get a menu together for a week and we go buy groceries and uh i don't know if you checked the price of fresh fruits and veggies organic when possible here recently that's it was not cheap but we were we really want to do it mainly my wife really wanted to do it and i have a hard time convincing her of 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 anything that's really dramatic so i'm that's one of the reasons i'm big on doing the small things because to do anything that would require the whole family, she usually, um, she's not always sold on it. So right. she was sold on this. We decided we were going to do it. We juiced for breakfast and lunch. We got home and we were really hungry. And then my wife was like, I'm feeling nauseated. I really feel like I'm, I'm going to be sick. I was like, that's not a natural reaction to being hungry. Usually if your body's out of food, it does not try to expel the remaining food. <laughs> so I knew something was up and then whenever said action occurred, I knew that it was time to go ahead and put in a wraps. So, so you're going to try it again next week or, you know, when she's back to normal, um, she has now associated that 
achy, fevery, pukey feeling with juicing. Uh, yeah, so, I had that problem with peanut no. butter for a long time. <laughs> I won't tell you that story. I promise, not tonight at least. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I was curious to see how it went for you. Any any time you can. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily to do something somewhat drastic to kind of shake yourself out of habits. You know what I mean? I don't think right. that's necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, so, our goal uh, was not to lose. I have, I have a friend that he did it for 15 days and he lost 27 pounds, my buddy. And that really sounded good to my wife, but you know, we were still convinced that we were going to actually learn something out of this Yeah, and hopefully get started moving in the right direction for both of us. And yeah, like I say, that was, that was what got me on board instead of just saying, this is just another goofy fad cookie cabbage soup you know sweet potato diet or three-day diet yeah there's lots of them. yeah if you exactly. only eat 10 almonds 10 almonds every day for breakfast not 11 almonds not nine almonds you have to eat exactly 10 almonds then 43 minutes later eat two eighths not one quarter but two eighths of a grapefruit you'll lose 10 pounds a day <laughs> uh, that's the kind of claims you see on the internet i mean it's hilarious absolutely so, correct <clears throat> just want to give a quick sh- Go ahead, Don. Sorry, but Aaron, have you seen the the teaser? I I just happened to see it because it was on at a TV where I was having lunch the other day. Uh, Doctor Oz apparently has this new thing that he's teasing where uh, you can lose weight without doing anything at all. You just lose weight. It's amazing. That is amazing. Raspberries. Raspberries. Raspberries? Is that what he said it was? Raspberry ketones. Yes. Dr. Oz lose weight by magic. Let's see what it comes up with. It's true. True story. Raspberry ketones. If you go by, I love this because if you watch the video on YouTube about Dr. Oz and the raspberry ketones, he tells you take these pills. They're all natural raspberry ketone. Raspberry ketone is the chemical compound in raspberries that does some sort of magic. It's, well, it's chemistry, people. You don't understand it, but it's true. So don't be well, stupid. This is, this is saying just agree with me. Google's and, saying it's green coffee bean extract. Oh, is that the new one? Am That's I the newest times one. on the yeah, doctor? You're, you're, you're already on last month's. Is he bamboozling magic. a new? Yeah, this was just like yesterday or today. I mean, this was the uh, brand new uh, latest thing. Oh, maybe yeah. even more recently. I see. I see. Uh, I see green coffee bean extract going back a month or so. Anyway, oh, wow. um, I would be hesitant to believe that that would work magic. But maybe it will. I would love for that to happen. Speaking of magic, What's he a doctor he, of, by the way, he could be a doctor of vegetables. No, he's. A, I think he's a. Uh, I think he's an internist. Okay. But um, the Doctor uh, Phil is a doctor of economics. Is he really? Yeah. Didn't know that. So September is the month that we're in now, uh, regardless of when you're listening to this podcast. And just in case you didn't know, because I didn't know, um. Until I stumbled on this as I was prepping for the show. The month of September is National Childhood Obesity Awareness Month. And there's a website called healthierkidsbrighterfutures.org. And it, it talks about that month and just about uh, fighting childhood obesity in general. And um, here's a quote for you. For the first time, the nation will have goals, benchmarks, and measurable outcomes that will help us tackle the childhood obesity epidemic one child, one family, and one community at a time. That's community at a time. First lady, Michelle Obama. So this is, uh, this is her say no to drugs, um, Nancy Reagan uh, thing. So this is childhood obesity is the, the problem, social problem that she's chosen to tackle, apparently. Uh, but... I'm I'm agreeing with her on that one that this is one we should tackle. We should work on on that in general. So, so I'd throw that out there. Uh, and so today's topic, <clears throat> gentlemen, if I can go ahead and jump right into it, I just started thinking about, you know, why is dieting so hard? Why is losing weight? It's probably a better title. So hard. And so I I just started googling. I wanted to see what the 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 literate. <laughs> thought the answer was and I stumbled on <clears throat> a few articles and the first one really made me um, sad when I saw the title and if you're listening to the podcast which you will be otherwise you won't hear what I'm saying the title of this is 
the 108 reasons why dieting is so difficult from genes to boredom, the factors that can keep you fat. And I read the title of that and I was like, we have no hope. Well, and, and we I'd just like, to say, just like to point out that the picture that goes with the article is of a woman who might need to lose a pound standing I, I on a scale, looking very concerned at it. I could go up to two. So experts have enumerated the reasons why dieting is so difficult and found more than 100. Now, I'll put the link in the show notes for this, but this is not what we're really going to talk about because this is just one of those things where this is a list of excuses you could use to stay fat. It's basically what it ends up being. Snacking when you're bored, eating and drinking, watching TV, watching, uh, playing on the computer, reading magazines. They divided them into seven groups. Social, psychological, eating and drinking, physical activity, our environment, physiology, and TVs, computers, and magazines. TVs, computers, and magazines had its own category in fat factors. So it, it's crazy. Um, they don't actually enumerate the list. They just tell you that there's a study and that it's come back and and uh, all kinds of, they kind of hit on a bunch of them, but they don't give you the 100, 108 item list. But, you know, I, I kind of use this as, this kind of fired me up is what it actually did. Because you've heard me say on this show many, many times that dieting, losing weight, getting fitter may not be easy, but it's fairly simple. I don't think we need 108 reasons enumerated as to why it is hard. <laughs> when I, when I approached, yeah, when I approached the show topic, I was looking at more like, What's the key things that people stumble over most frequently? Not give me every single stinking reason a person might have a problem. So we, I circled back around, <clears throat> did some more research, did some more soul search, did some more thinking, and I came up with two articles that kind of touch the bookends of the two things we always talk about, which are eat less, exercise more. They're kind of the two pieces of the puzzle. And the first one, um, the article is called, Dieting is, quote unquote, twice as hard because calorie counting slows down metabolism. Now, I know... Not one, but two, but three people on this show that have talked about tracking their food intake before. Um, Mark, Don, do you agree with that? Have we yes. done that? Yeah, okay. Those so numbers sure. are accurate. Good. Thank you. Because, you know, you can skew statistics any way you want. Um, and so this article, and I'll put, again, I'll put the link in the show notes, um, says that they did, a re- they did a study, they being researchers from the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, and they've challenged the conventional diet guideline that you cut $500 a day, $500 a day, 500 calories from their diet a day to, to see steady weight loss, which, you know, I've actually said that myself, that exact number. If you have a 500 calorie a day deficit, um, you'll lose weight. But the problem is, and we talked about this, I believe, in our third or fourth podcast, Mark, a year ago, over a year ago, uh, about the plateau effect. Uh, what happens is, as you change your calorie intake, your metabolism changes. And so what you did this month, three months from now, you can't do the exact same thing and still have a 500 calorie calorie deficit. They don't really spell it out that accurately, but they have some really good points. And this is, this is the reason I'm, I'm even bringing this article up. Um, if you, and Mark and I actually talked about this today. If you just change your diet and stick with that same diet, eventually you're going to hit a plateau, whether or not that will take you to where you should be. And there has been research done that says if you've been obese for a long time, your metabolism is already um, in decline to some degree, and you've kind of reset your thermostat from what it originally was. And if you start to cut your calories back, um, you may have to eat less calories to achieve the same results as somebody who's been active their whole life and never been overweight. We've, we've talked about that on the show. We've pulled up the studies. It's pretty definitive. Um, so basically what I'm saying is if uh, my friend Joshua – eats 2,000 calories, and I eat 2,000 calories, and pretending that we were the same height and same build, which we're not, um, I would possibly be heavier than him because I was obese for a large part of my life. So what you got to do out there, guys, is you have to take all that into effect. And the things that you eat, and I know this is something I usually don't touch on as much, even though we've been talking about paleo lately, the things you eat do make a difference. Can you tell me, guys, what's one, without looking in the article, don't read ahead, unless you already are, at the very end, so don't read the very end. What's one thing, one type of food, one category of food you can add to your diet, or anybody in the chat room that might know this, um, that you can add to your diet that will help you burn calories? It'll actually increase your metabolic rate. Anybody know? It's like a broad category of, of types of food. Mm, Mexican food? Often. 
because it's spicy food. David B. Hey. Nailed it in the chat room, even as I said it. Uh, yeah, spicy food. Apparently, uh, spicy food, um, something about the heat from it. I don't know how it works. I've actually I've seen this over and over and over. Studies have shown this over and over and over, that eating spicy food will actually cause your metabolism to, to spike a little bit for up to three hours afterwards, after you eat it. And it's a natural and, appetite suppressant, so you tend to eat less. That's true. I'd forgotten about that. Well, I remember reading that, too. Yeah, so I love spicy food. Mark, Don, are you all spicy food eaters? Very much so. I have that bottle of sriracha in my refrigerator that gets put on everything. <laughs> yeah, I love spicy food. And, 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 that, and that's awesome that, it's, that, it, that it is one of those things for you. So basically, I guess we're circling back around and saying, you know what? If just cutting your calories for you isn't getting to where you want to go, here's a way you can keep eating those same amount of calories, possibly, and do a few things. And here's another thing um, that I've been a fan of for a long time, and it's drinking ice cold water. Who likes ice cold water? Raise your hand. I see those hands. All right. I like ice cold water, but I don't like ice in my drink, in my water. I'll, 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 I'll take it if I have to, but I prefer mine yeah, the same way, just cold without ice in it. That's why I prefer my tea, too, by the way. I don't really like to drink iced tea. I like to drink ice cold tea. This is an FYI. So, one calorie is burned when the body temperature is raised by one degree. That's, a, that's some pretty loose science there, people. But basically, the way uh, a calorie, if you don't know what, anybody know what a calorie is? Can anybody tell me the scientific definition of what a calorie is? It's the amount of energy necessary to raise one uh, cc of water one degree Celsius. Correct. Or if you want to say one millimeter cubed of water, which is the same thing as a CC, one degree Celsius, that's a calorie. Yeah, so Actually, exactly. You, technically, that's a kilocalorie, a thousand calories. A thousand calories? Yeah. What, what we call a calorie is actually a kilocalorie, but we've just- a calorie but, with a big C. Because they're so small, we just lop off three zeros. Right, the kilo, yeah. So if you drink that cold water, your body will heat that water up. Apparently, this is this is science. Beyond, I haven't tested this myself. Science. I haven't, eaten, I haven't eaten the exact same meal over the course of six months and drank cold water for the first three months and not cold water for the. I haven't done that, but according, according to the literature, um, since your body has to heat that water up, and your body has a, what's that called homeostasis, where your body attempts to keep your temperature at ninety eight point six degrees Fahrenheit, give or take, it will actually expend calories to do that. So. Uh, so for dinner tonight, I had a bowl of jalapenos and a glass of ice water. Not really. Um, another. Well, it's also true that people who live in very cold climates uh, not only can consume, but have to consume more calories to survive. You know, Inuits, yeah. for example, who their entire life is spent in tundra, they eat seal blubber by the pound um, mm -hmm. because they have to have that kind of calorie. So there's, there's real science behind that. There is. And I'm not doubting it. I just don't have, I haven't tested it myself, personally. But I, 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 I've seen it all over. I've seen it all over the internet, so it has to be true. Just like that current Facebook hoax where it tells you to, how to go in and, and have your friends take you off of their feed. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. So uh, another way, and this is a, this is a paleo-friendly, um, actually all, both of these so far have been paleo-friendly, um, is eat plenty of protein-rich foods. Uh, research shows, they don't quote the, the study, but they say research shows that 25% of calories in protein-rich meal may be burnt off. But make sure you choose low-fat protein, such as lean meat, skinless chicken, and low-fat dairy products. Now, that's not really as paleo there. Paleo says you can go ahead and eat the fat. So if you're, if you're a paleo leaner, um, you, can, you can go ahead and eat the fat. But there is some definite benefits from eating protein um, over the sugary things that just go poof. And immediately turn to sugar and your body goes, I've got all the sugar. What do I do with it? Oh, I know what I'll do with it. I'll store it as fat. So, uh, yeah, eating protein-rich foods burn better and longer. Um, I've got a guy coming up on the show here a couple of weeks, I believe, who has been doing the paleo thing for a couple of months now, two or three months, May, June, July, August, four or five months. Has had some fantastic results. I don't want to spoil it all, um, but let's just say that uh, it's been very effective for him, and it's going to be another great uh, uh another great real success story from somebody about how just changing their eating habits has really made them uh quite significantly healthier and then lastly um and depending on who you talk to about this on eating breakfast this is the last one in that article and, for, and to me it has kind of the least impact uh some people say an extended fast is great for you 
Others say you need to eat every breakfast every day. It kickstarts your metabolism. Uh, you're going into star- starvation mode. There's been lots breakfast of studies. Breakfast is the that. most important meal of the day, Aaron. I know. That's what the government says. You know, uh, uh, professional athletes that are also Muslim that celebrate Ramadan, is that what it is? Yes. And they don't eat anything during the day for 30 days. Um, have seen no significant muscle mass or loss or fat gain during that time. So there's been some studies that have kind of, the eating breakfast thing is a, a bit of a myth, according to some people, according to other people, it's the thing to do. So what am I getting out of this article? Why am I rambling on and on about it? I just want to say, be aware of your calories. We've talked about that. Watch the, watch the things that can sneak in and throw some calories into your, into your diet that you're not aware of. We actually talked about that last week. Things trip you up. But here's a few simple things you can do. Eat some protein, drink some ice water, and go for the spice. And eat breakfast if you want to. I think, that's, I think those are good recommendations. And to me, that doesn't sound hard. Because yeah, we're posing the question today, why is losing weight, why is dieting, why is, eating, why is getting fitter hard? Does, that, does those, any of those things sound real difficult? Eating a little more protein, drinking ice water, and eating some spicy foods? So far, I think I can handle all of those. I bet you can. Don? Uh, we'll probably do that. All right. So, uh, I'm happy to hear. So th- there you go. We, we, um, we're on the flip-flop of the good flop thing there. That was a totally bad saying that didn't work at all. All right. So um, a flip-flop and a bit of it. But he's a popping. Who's a popping? Uh, now, the other half of the equation, the flip side, as I was trying to say a minute ago, is exercise. And... You have the full gamut. You know, it's like politics. Have you realized, guys, that weight loss fitness is just like politics? You realize that? You're, everybody's trying to sell you a false bill of goods, and well, it's not really it's as easy or as fun as I tell you it is. We have, the, we have the Republican Party, and we have the Democratic Party, and then we have all the other the outliers, right? But the Republican Party, you would think that the people that, would be, that are the leaders of this party would be the best and brightest that we have. And we would, you would think that the leaders of the Democratic Party would be the best and brightest that we have, the most educated about the subjects. The, they would know the most about everything because they're in the, that's what they do. And yet, these two giant parties have diametrically opposed plans and opinions about almost every major subject. And fitness turns out to be almost the exact same way. You should eat more calories, you'll lose weight. You should eat less calories, you'll lose weight. You don't want to exercise too much. You got to make sure you exercise plenty. I mean, you, if you go online, you can find pretty much anything to support any way that you think you might want to do it. <laughs> but I, I said from the very beginning of the show that uh, really it comes down to most of the plans online will work. You just got to pick one and really stick with it uh, to really see some success. But anyway, enough, enough. I'll get off my soapbox now. So, um, Exercise. One thing, and this article made a great point, and I want to—I just wanted to say this—that uh, activity does not always equate with exercise, even though activity is always healthy and always beneficial. Not healthy, always beneficial. What I'm trying to say is, it's good if you park a little further away from your office and walk in a little further and take the stairs, but if you don't do at least 10 minutes of exercise, 10 continuous minutes, um, and elevate your heart rate up into that aerobic level, you know, uh, it, it doesn't really count for exercise. I, Mark, can you put the cat cam on for those that are watching the live stream so they can see the cat playing in the chair? Cat cam. Cat cam. Cat cam. It's there. I figured, why not? I'm not nearly as entertaining as kittens. So, And now, kittens. Yeah. So... I'm just saying so you're I, telling me that if I'm doing the same stuff I normally do, but I just call it exercise, I can't count it. <laughs> so well, vacuuming that's the, thing. the house, even though I was already going to vacuum the house, if I call it exercise, it's not really going to be. Yeah. Well, what if I put on a headband and some jazzy music while I do it? That, that could help. <laughs> Does it count? The headband a- actually loses uh, twice as many calories just for wearing it. Ask Jane Fonda. It's true. Exactly. And so, um, I guess my point is, <clears throat> it's it's in here somewhere. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, Wait, I'm, I'm, the cat's so distracting. It's just so darn cute. The cute factor is just drawing me, and I can't not look. Uh, we can't count that as a workout and say, I got my workout in today because I parked an extra 100 yards or 50 yards from the office. Right. 
There's, it just doesn't, it doesn't equate. Now, on the flip side of that, just exercising may not be enough easier either. 30 minutes of exercise, you know, four days a week may not be enough if you sit on your duff 14 hours a day, seven days a week. We, we've had, uh, we had, what was the name? Travis Saunders on here, the doctoral student that's doing the big research study about sedentary lifestyle. We've talked about standing desks and tread, tread pewters because standing um, causes some extra additional movement of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The lower length. extremities. Yeah, things like that. Uh, if you, if, I guess what I'm trying to say is going and doing 30 minutes of exercise and getting your heart rate up is great, but you also should try to include additional activity if you can. So if you're somebody that can go for a walk, even if you don't get your heart rate up, that movement will help. So you, there's, there's two pieces to the puzzle. There is exercise uh, of whatever level you can do. Um, and there's, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of, uh, what's I'm looking for resources. I can't find the word. There's lots of resources out there about different things you can do, um, for exercise, regardless of your level of fitness. If you weigh 500 pounds, there are things you can do for exercise. So there's lots of things you can do for exercise, but also just being generally more active. Only exercising does not offset a sediment, a sedimentary, a set or an or the, or igneous. <laughs> lifestyle either a sedentary lifestyle man i am just babbling come on here you can do it i'm trying i'm gonna make it through this podcast one way or another um and here's the other thing don you actually this article makes a good point you asked this way back like podcast eight or nine maybe ten um you ask is it always going to be hard maybe it was mark that asked that i think it was mark is exercise always going to be hard you know what it may not always be something you it may not always be something you don't want to do Real exercise should always be difficult. There should be some level of exertion. I think exercise and exertion come from the same Latin root, which means, my Lord, my Lord, why am I doing myself to this, doing this to myself? I totally ruined that one too. Man, I am just off. That was like 80% of a good joke, Aaron. It was. I was so close. I'm going to reboot myself. I'm going to reboot my life. Get, hold on a second while I go get some juice. Yeah, drink some juice, Aaron. I'm back. All right. So... <clears throat> Exercise is going to be difficult, and it should be difficult. You should it should be exerting. It should be you should uh, you, you should um, feel like you've done something when you're done. Let me just say it that way. All right. So the next thing in the article, which is we don't typically just go through articles, but the, these were actually I thought really good articles. They said it better than I can say it, obviously, because I can't even talk tonight. Uh, you got to be careful. I don't know about you. I've been on an elliptical before and done like three minutes, and it said you burned seven thousand calories. You know, that kind of thing. Yay. You got to be very careful <laughs> about fitness equipment and fitness trackers, even the ones we recommend like Runkeeper and Indomondo and Mark, which one did you use on your bike? Uh, it's called Ride Track. Ride Track. It's, it's doing approximations based on your weight and your age and your gender and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing is you always are burning calories unless you're dead. Right. Uh, What's well, like a Weight Watchers has introduced the, what do they call exercise points. You do certain exercise and you get extra points. Yes. Those are all based on like actuarial tables. They're, you know, they're not completely inaccurate, but they're not gospel either. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the thing is, if I, if it, just because it says I burned 150 calories when I did this X, Y, and Z, I might've burned 104 just sitting there. You know, that's not additional calories you burned. So if you burn a thousand calories running, that's not a thousand additional calories you burn. That's the total of what you burn during that time. So which is which ties into the next thing. Exercising does not allow you to eat whatever you want unless you're my friend Adam. In general, 30 minutes of physical activity, the things we talk about when we say we need to be a little more active, you can't just eat whatever you want. If you're a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, you can eat whatever you want pretty much. Or if you're a it, marathoner, you know. You yeah, much if you're a marathon, and well, and even then, you got to be. Sometimes you got to be careful. But yeah, if you run, if you're Dan uh, Dean Carnazes and you run sixty miles a day, you can eat pretty much what you want. In fact, you better keep eating, or you're gonna die. Uh, if you're, like I said, my friend Adam, who lifts weights heavy an hour and a half a day, six days a week, and um, he can eat pretty much what he wants, and he still though he he goes for the protein. You know, he drinks lots of water. He still watches those things. But what you don't want to do is reward yourself for exercising with food. That's just a wee bit counterproductive. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I, I just got back. For, I actually went. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up and tell a quick story. I had a friend that I was walking with a little bit. You know, trying to encourage him to be, act, be more active. We went for a good, brisk three-mile walk. I mean, it was a, we didn't run, but man, we, we, we were trucking it as fast as we could walk. Burned some calories. It was good. You know, I got a heart rate up. We got back. We came inside. His wife had made homemade scones, and he had three. Yeah. Because I, when I went exercising tonight. He literally talked himself into, I just exercised, so it's okay for me to eat this. And, and it is okay if that's what you want to do. I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. That's all I'm doing. I'm just saying. Uh, you got to watch out for those. I, I, on the way back from the gym, I just worked out, and I'm going to stop and get some ice cream. Yeah. You know, we, we had somebody that on the show one time that was talking about doing that. Um, yeah, if you stop and get a jelly donut every time you hit the gym, maybe yeah. maybe that's not such the way to go. And if you that's go back a, to that. It's one of my favorite Big Bang jokes. Penny, how do you know when to stop running uh, when I'm hungry, and then I stop and get a bear claw? Yeah, exactly. Well, the uh, the the truth of the matter is, and and we've all experienced this. If I eat well all week and stick at my two thousand calories, and I exercise hard, and I'm I got a good calorie deficit, say five hundred calories a day going into the weekend, so I've I've got a twenty five hundred calorie calorie deficit going into the weekend. I've lost three quarters of a pound, and then Friday night I go out for pizza and I eat four slices of pizza. And two breadsticks for like a 3,000 calorie meal. Well, that's 1,000 calories back. And then Saturday at lunch, I get a burger and fries. And uh, make sure the camera's not on Don right now, Mark, by the way. And then uh, <laughs> Don's That's my door. arm, by the way, Aaron. Okay. It didn't look like it in the picture. I really promise it didn't. Yeah, it was a little plumber crack action. It's what it looked it was like. A, that's and the then, elbow uh, crack action. <laughs> there you go. See? There you go. Yeah. There it is. Right Sorry. There. Didn't mean to totally derail it again. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, thousand calories again, on Friday night, and then you I'm go on Saturday night, you sit lunch do the same thing, another another thousand calories, and then you're still feeling go- so good because you did so good during the week. So you let yourself have your free meal on Saturday night, and you go to Johnny Carino's, and you get the garlic tilapia, which I've mentioned before, <laughs> and you eat a couple of breadsticks for twenty seven hundred calories. You're really bitter about calories. that garlic tilapia, aren't you? I am still mad about that. I feel I feel so uh, deceived. You could very easily tag on an extra. 4,000 calories in the weekend. And guess what, folks? When you do your Monday morning weigh-in, if you do one, you didn't lose a pound that you were going to lose. You gained a pound. And so, walk, <laughs> I like the way the article says, a walk around the block doesn't earn you a brownie. <laughs> totally. Absolutely correct. It, Man, it really was, and really, to be honest with you, I was kind of depressed whenever I learned how many calories you burn when you run because I'd been running for a couple of months. And then somebody told me, yeah, you burn 100 calories for every mile that you run, approximately. An extra 100 calories. Yeah. I was like, I, what? You mean I have to run <laughs> five miles to burn that medium order of french fries from Wendy's? Yes. Yeah. I was like, yes, man, that's, I thought surely I was burning like, you know, three or 4,000 calories if I went and ran a mile and a half because it sure felt like it. No. Right. Well, the, the last sentence in the paragraph about uh, about the it doesn't allow you to eat whatever you want. If weight loss is your goal, you have to keep these splurges in check. Otherwise, you'll be fighting a losing battle and never really get ahead in the weight in the calorie equation is how they call it. And to be honest with you, that's what I've been fighting over the last six months. My exercise level was down because I was hurt, but and my diet was looser just because it was looser and I was choosing to eat looser. I, you can't eat too many all-you-can-eat sushi buffets. And only exercise a little bit and lose weight. I've proven that unequivocally. You can hold your own, and that's all I've done. <laughs> I'm on the right track now, but there was a good two, three months there where I was just waffling back and forth every week, up and down, up and down, up and down. Mark, were you going to say something? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, you looked like you were going to for just a second. Um, next point, exercise alone won't change your body. Uh, we've talked about that before that dieting really is about 80% of weight loss for most people controlling your diet, not overdoing the calories, that kind of thing. I won't, I won't beat that horse again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. And here's one that a lot of people don't like to hear. You have to do it forever. What? Ask Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He doesn't look like he did in 1987. Uh, 
He looks more like he is 87. But boom, boom. Uh, oh, that's not fair. I was a joke. Sorry. He actually is probably still in better shape than I am. So the thing is, <clears throat> exercise does need to be a lifestyle. It doesn't need to be something you plan on doing for the rest of your life. And that being said, uh, on the flip side of that, routine can be the enemy. Um, I talk, we talked about somebody had a, a question the other day on, on a Facebook uh, thing that I'm on. And they said, do you run the same route or do you mix it up? Personally, what I do is I have my quote-unquote 5K route that I do once a week. That's kind of my benchmark. And other than that, I try to almost never run the same route twice. I'll go different places. I'll go down cul-de-sacs, different routes. I'll turn it around. I'll run one way, then the other way. Same with biking. I'll do the same thing. Because it, it keeps it from being stale, from stagnant. It keeps the boredom out. And, uh, and also, it, and if you live in somewhere that's hilly like, like I do, it actually changes your interval training you know it puts the hills in a different place and that kind of thing so it's kind of interesting we did and we mentioned it before an entire show about alternatives to exercise uh where we had 26 or 27 things you could do besides standard exercise and you can plug those things in um to do some things different than doing the same old same old same old same old same old thing mark if you could if you could go back and edit that for me and make that same old to like 50 of them that'd be great I don't really want to have to say 50, but I really want to drive that point home. I'm Mark, kidding. don't do that. Please yeah. don't do that. <clears throat> he won't. In fact, he's going to so, edit out me actually asking for him to do it because it was so stupid. So, uh, so the logic you, here is that because you have to do this thing forever for the rest of your life, you don't want to get bored with it, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. That know? kind of goes back to what we said a bunch of times about you have to pick something that you actually enjoy, I think. Right. You know, if podcasting was exercising... Mark would be an Adonis right now because <laughs> he true. enjoys podcasting. He doesn't have to talk himself into doing it. Even when he's tired, he still, you know, knows it's going to be fun and he jumps in there and does it. And, and so you got to get to that place with working out as well so that it becomes something you enjoy. Um, I've actually taken to ride my bike a little bit more, still working through the plantar fasciitis fun. And I've been enjoying it. You know, there's something about going the, the, the recklessness of going 37 miles an hour down a hill with nothing but you and you know, your innate sense of balance to keeping you between, between the health and a, and a, and a healthy road rash and a helmet so, and a helmet. I do wear a helmet. Gotta I do wear a helmet. helmet. So, you know, it's a great article. Uh, I encourage you to go read it and, and get the real detail out of it. It's tricky, you know, to get, what we're trying to say here again, being more fit is simple. Being more active is better. Exercising is better. But there are things you can do to get the most benefit from your activity. And so this article, I think, had some good points about that. And there you have it. The Fitness News is brought to you by One Meal, One Workout. One Meal, One Workout is not a sponsor of any of these articles or websites or anything like that. And I'm mumbling, blow my breath, because I can't think of anything to really say like they normally do in this part of a commercial. All right. Don, Mark, do you have anything in particular you want to comment on or, or say or, or do or... Uh, here at this moment think, in the podcast. I think a lot of these things are if you if you if you actually become dedicated to it, it's not that you decide to or I mean you just kind of do whenever it comes down to it. If you actually do this thing, if you become uh or if you change your lifestyle, you kind of learn these on your own. Right. And I think they're hard things to tell someone. They're easy to learn whenever you're doing them, but they're hard to tell someone, you know, if you run the same route every time, it doesn't matter how dedicated you are after X amount of time for, and it's going to be different for everybody. You're going to get tired of it and you need to find something else to do. You know, it's the same thing goes for dieting. The same thing goes for, for all this stuff, but it's, I think it is important to, to talk about, to be able to talk about with people because it's, it's important to know that, you're not the only one that's going to get bored and you don't just need to give it up because you decided that you gained a pound three weeks in a row because you're not watching your splurging or whatever. It happens. Right. It's there. It does. So I can testify that it happens. Especially if you eat the garlic tilapia. I curse the garlic tilapia with my last breath. I curse. I stab at the. Yeah, there you have it. 108 reasons why dieting is hard. 
But you know what? Dieting is hard, but being fat is hard. It, Amen. You know, we don't talk a lot about that as a society. You know, there's lots of articles. I mean, how many? I would like to see an article. 108 reasons why being fat is hard. Uh, let's write it. Let's do the. Let's do it. On, let's do our show next week about it. Yeah, I, I can tell you why it is terrible, and I hate it. Okay, Don, give us give us the the Cliff Notes version. The Cliff Notes version. It's terrible, yep. and I hate it. <laughs> That's the Reader's Digest version. Oh, sorry. Oh, actually, that was the Cliff Notes version. Give us the Reader's Digest version. Oh, the Reader's Digest. So you want three pages instead of two lines? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you feel bad. You hate the way you look. You associate all sorts of things with your weight that should never be associated with your weight. Like, can I fix this thing in my house because I have to climb on a ladder? Just stupid stuff like that. And it just starts to consume you. It becomes a part of your life in places that that it, it, it really doesn't belong. It eats away at you. And it's it's just unreasonable how much it can actually affect you, especially whenever you get really out there into the into the outliers, to use Aaron's word. Whenever you get to 350 pounds and 400 pounds and 450 pounds and 500 pounds, it, it, it's so debilitating and people just, like, Aaron, like you said, it, people just don't talk about it. Yeah. And, and the, the, I think most people don't realize, most people who have never been that fat don't realize what, I mean, it's like me. If somebody, if I knew somebody that smoked, I'd say like, just quit smoking. It's just quit. Come on, man. It's bad for you. Quit smoking. They have no idea when you're overweight like that, how much it is something that just consumes your life or it's something that you totally ignore <laughs> purposely. One of the two, either you're, you know, it's food all the time and that's all you think about. And, and, uh, but the, on the opposite side, um, you could be somebody that just is in 100% denial. And there, I think even the people who are in denial obviously know they're fat. You can't, you can't weigh 400 pounds and not know you weigh 400 pounds. There's just no way around it. I mean, right. when you sit in a chair, you know it. When you try to climb stairs, you know it. When you try to get in a car, you know it. When you try to get in a desk, you know it. Mark, you were going to say something. You leaned in like you were going to say something. I, I said, right. I was agreeing with you. I was a, oh, okay. an I'm amen sorry. preacher, brother. Woo-woo. Yeah, the, um, for me... I just was so tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired right now because I've been staying up too late and getting up too early. And that's my own dang fault. <laughs> and I recognize that. And a couple of nights of good sleep will catch me up. But uh, I was tired for about 10 years there. <laughs> to the point, and I don't mean to digress. We could actually, we could do a show about this. Um, I, don't, I don't know if how it would help people, but it might. Maybe if nothing else, let some, some sympathetic uh, vibe going on. When I say I was tired for 10 years, I, I really meant that, I, that everything I did was an effort to do, even the things I liked to do. I have 2,000 comic books. I've got comic books on the wall behind me. I've got Tony Stark looking over my shoulder as my little guardian angel back there. I paid money to go to a comic book convention, and before I went, I was having to talk myself into going. Because I was thinking, I'm going to be on my feet all day. I have to stand in lines. I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be killing me. And then, uh, you know, where are we going to eat? I mean, and, and I'm, I'm not making that up. I'm not exaggerating either. That was, you know, hours of, uh, you know, occupying my thoughts, wondering if I really even wanted to go do that. Because physically it was going to be such a challenge. And that was something I was extremely excited about doing. And so... um yeah, it just it, it it eats your brainwave cycles is what it does. It 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 can consume your life um, in addition to your health. So, all right. Anything else, Don? Mark? I'm good. If not, we're going to bring on. I've run us off on enough tangents tonight. Let's all keep right. rolling. I like tangents. Tangents. Uh, I'm going to bring in um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth can't talk tonight at all. Elizabeth, can somebody say her name, please? Elizabeth, Elizabeth Connect. Connect. Thank you. From Cave Mom Chronicles to give us our weekly diet, not diet, cooking. Okay. Elizabeth's <laughs> going to come on and do some stuff. Okay, hit it. That's me breathing out the bad air. 
And there. And now we're going to go to Elizabeth Connect from Cave Mom Chronicles, and she's going to bring a recipe slash cooking tip for the week. All right, today Elizabeth Connect from CaveMomChronicles.com. That's CaveMomChronicles.com, spelled just like it sounds, except there's a ch instead of a k on Chronicles. Um, is going to be sharing some of her cooking goodness with us again. And Elizabeth, today we're going to be talking about cleaning out and starting new. What does that mean? <laughs> that means uh, get yourself organized so you don't do what I did and uh, spend way too much time rummaging around in the pantry and rummaging around in the refrigerator, uh, trying, you know, shoving those containers and boxes and things out of the way. Um, take just a little bit of time and go through your pantry throw out all of the jars and the boxes and the cans that are beyond that best if used before date, you know, that's stamped on them and uh-huh. consider all of those, you know, just clear them out, get them out of there and consider all of those items. <laughs> a, a box um, with, with jars of spice three layers deep is not the best way to store them. So probably not, probably you know, not. I actually built, I built spice racks for my wife when we moved into our house because of that very reason she would, she would buy it, buy it. She'd, I'm out of this spice and she would buy it and then she'd say, oh, there it is. Yeah. You know, because she had so many, many great things. So you're saying it's worth it to get organized. From it your is own worth it to get organized. I found out that I have seven jars of pepperoncinis in my, uh, in my pantry <laughs> because I couldn't find them buried back at the back in front of or behind all the other stuff. And so if you take that little bit of time to get yourself organized and go ahead and consider those items that are within that three month expiration date and look at it, are you really going to use the giant box of funnel mix? And if you're not going to, go ahead and throw it out. Or if it's, you know, a good amount of time left on it, donate it to a food pantry. Just get rid of anything that's going to end up lurking on the shelf that you're going to keep moving and looking behind and just gets shoved back to the back. And And would this be a good time? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'd say, would this be a good time also to maybe make some smart choices? That would be an excellent time. That's yeah. still your thunder. Were you, to, you already have that point on your list. I bet you did, didn't you? You're so good. I, you probably no, did. not at all. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> I was not going to say that at all. It never occurred to me. So, See, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> while you're And while you're cleaning out your pantry and making those um, healthy choices that were such an excellent tip, do your refrigerator as well. Go ahead and, you know, those suspicious leftover containers and that jar of pickles that has just one slice left in it that you keep, you know, okay, I'll use it. In the jellies and the salad dressings that are long past their prime and separated and looking nasty, just throw them out. Just get rid of them. Clean out so that you, um, so that you can start fresh. And I know that's harder for some people than others. It, it, it really is harder is, for some people than others. It is hard. I will throw that last bit of chips away in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm like, there's not enough in there for us to have as a share them as a meal in a as a family. It goes in the trash. If there's there's two scoops of peanut butter left. It goes in the trash. And yeah. I've probably thrown away good food that you know a few times, but I've also helped helped do my part in keeping the pantry and the fridge clean. So. I'm kind of the same way, but my mom was always the, um, oh, there's, you know, I can I can use the spatula and scrape out that last thin layer of peanut butter <laughs> and smear it on my finger and lick it clean or something. It was, she always liked to save those little things. It's just get rid of them. And um, while I have a trouble with my kids putting empty things back. It's not that they yeah. throw it away before <laughs> it's empty. They eat it all and then put the empty cereal box back. And so I'm sitting there with the milk out on the counter, the bowl and the spoon ready, and I pour out the cornflakes and ain't nothing in it. Nothing but, but a few well, little crumbs down in the bottom, right? If you, if you listen to the One Mill Workout podcast regularly, you know who Nathaniel is, my son. And uh, the other day, he gets a little distracted sometimes. And so he was eating, eating um, dinner. And I said, okay, Nathaniel, before you can, whatever he wanted to do, uh, you get, need to go put your plate in the sink and something, something, something. Well, that's kind of what he heard, but it wasn't even that because it was more than one instruction. So I went in there later to throw something in the trash, and, and I opened the pantry, and his plate with its fork was sitting on the bottom shelf of the pantry. <laughs> Kids are <laughs> he good went to for throw that. his food away and just laid the plate in there and left. And, <laughs> and when I showed him, he's like, I can't believe I did that, Dad. Uh, I can believe it. <laughs> All right, well, well, that, it that's is, a great it, tip. It, 
it is ju- it's much easier to know what you have at a glance and to keep yourself yes. organized and not let that food go to waste when you can see what you have and then you end up not having seven jars of pepperoncinis that are going to sit there for 6 months you have just exactly what you need when you need it the freezer too don't forget if you're doing your Ooh, pantry freezer. and you're doing the fridge if you don't recognize it and you take more than 30 seconds to go what was this is this mashed bananas that i stuck in the freezer or is it chicken stock <laughs> if you don't know it when in doubt throw it out so just get yourself organized and um and you'll clear out some more space so you can do it all over again or if i might offer an alternative solution Simply move 800 miles, (laughs) and that will clean things out nicely. There you go. We went to that, too, and our new house is actually kind of cool because it has two pantries. So my wife, the way she's organized it is one pantry is the staples that you buy in quantity and then use. So like it's the spices and the the things like the jars of things that you buy and you use in portions. And the other pantry is the consumables that are the one-shot thing. You open the bag and you use it, or you... You take the thing and you pour it out and it's gone. And right. so the one pantry, in theory, should just cycle through all the time. It should never, nothing should ever stay in there very long because why are we buying that if we're not going to eat it? And the other pantry is those things, you know, she has it where she can see that I'm almost out of this or I'm almost out of that. So she can buy some more when she goes and put it with it, you know, the, the first in, last out, last out, first out, last, first in, last, first out, first in, first out. <laughs> That's it. FIFO. Um, and if you don't have two pantries, maybe you can arrange your single pantry that way. Like put the things that cycle in and out on the top and the things that are more of a staple that you buy in volume at the bottom. I don't know. Just an idea. So, I'm, Elizabeth, I'm thank you again. Oh, for, welcome. What was that? <laughs> oh, I, oh, nothing. I was just going to give another little organizing tip, but go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I'm, I'm, I don't want to oh, wrap I, it up. I was the only going done. to say that I'm a big fan of little baskets that I can put things in, like all of my canned goods, like all of my olives or all of my tomato type things. I'll go in an appropriately sized basket and then I can slide them off the shelves because I have a cupboard type pantry. And so digging around, it's hard to move the cans around. So I just keep all of one type of thing in a basket, slide it out, take what I need and slide it back in. So it's easier to rummage around. That was my, that's, that's what I interrupted you for. There you go. Well, if you have any questions about how to further organize your kitchen or would like to hire Elizabeth <laughs> to come do it for you, you can contact her at cavemomchronicles.com. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, guys. And we're back. Man, that was quick. You know, um, if you go to Facebook and like us, that'd be awesome. I don't, I don't judge the success of our, of our endeavor here by our Facebook likes, but we're approaching 200 likes on Facebook. Just a scant four more likes will get us over the 200. Uh, and I'd hate to have to go create four more bogus accounts. I mean, I've already got 30. Um, not really. I'm just joking. But four more likes will put us over the 200, and that would be a nice milestone. I think I might celebrate with some ice cream and some garlic tilapia. Just kidding. Um, so, so uh, a couple more good. Facebook likes. Yeah, so Thank if you. nobody else laughed, that got me. That was good. Thanks, Mark. Um, so go out there, like us on Facebook, sign up for our Twitter feed. Uh, or subscribe to our Facebook feed. It all goes to the same place. Go to onemealworkout.com. Uh, I periodically post some things there other than the, the, the podcast. And uh, get involved. Now, I want to throw out one more plug. I keep forgetting to plug. And here comes the last plug. Um, then I'm going to start have to start plugging this some more. St. Patrick's Day, 2013. I'm running a marathon, 26.2 miles. And I'm running it on in honor of my sister, Teresa, who lost her life to lung cancer in 2009. And, uh, and to benefit the American Cancer Society. So I'm asking anybody that would like to sponsor a mile, um, I'm asking for $100 per mile or $50 per mile if you want to, uh, or half a mile, however you want to do it, whatever donation. You can make that donation directly to the American Cancer Society on their website, cancer.org. And then just email me, double A-R-O-N, Aaron, at onemealworkout.com and tell me, hey, I sponsored a mile, and tell me the mile that you want if it's not already taken. If you go to onemealworkout.com, you can see, read a whole article about it, about sponsoring me, see which miles are already taken. I've got a couple of sponsors already out there. I'm just now starting to kind of promote it after mentioning it the first time. So we're looking to have 26.2 sponsors. I've got a guy at work that says he'll pay the 20 bucks for the point two already. So <laughs> that's already taken. Um, I thought you were going to say race. you knew a guy at work that was only point two of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, I'm looking to raise $2,620 for the American Cancer Society um, through my run and raise awareness for that organization. So jump in there and do that. Um, you can find Mark at mark at elementopi.com if you want to shoot him an email or mark cockrell i believe is his twitter feed 
And if you want to find Don, you can go to the forums at elementop.com and post in that forum and you can shoot a question directly to Don or me or Mark. Give us a show topic. We'd love to have some show topics to know what you guys want to hear about. And um, yeah, I think that's it. So uh, before you start any of this crazy stuff, before you start exercising and dieting and juice fasting and all that, we, the men of One Mill Workout, always recommend that you consult your healthcare provider.